This is Time Out with You Stadium. This podcast is for you sports super fans, for you sports debaters, and yes, you, the sports opinionators or hot takers. We take your calls live on air and answer questions directly from the U Stadium app. Get it at ustadium.com. Join in on the conversation with Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Time out with U Stadium starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 26. Nick, we've made it 26 freaking episodes in, man. Can you believe Crazy. that? When, yeah. do, uh, when do we stop naming the episodes by number? Kind of like when you have a kid and you stop calling him like 20. Oh, he's 28 months today. It's like, no, he's not. He's three almost. So it's like, when do, when do we get to that point? I mean, Joe Rogan, I think, has like hundreds or thousands of episodes. It's like Rogan 1091 he does. Wow, really? Yeah, I I think with podcasts specifically, which we have a podcast. If you're not subscribed to it, go to Apple Music, go to Spotify. You get the Time Out With You Stadium podcast. It's a great way to spend your uh, your train rides or your uh, or your morning morning bathroom sessions. Um, but yeah, this is Time Out with You Stadium. You got Nick in the house at Nick Spano. Used to be at Nick Spano until he got rid of his Twitter. All right, Pete. Um, but uh, yeah, Nick's here. I'm here. Bree is off tonight and next week. She gets these long vacations. Unreal. Yeah. Unbelievable. But uh, we Anybody have a big wants show to fill in, send your demo reels in. We could fill you in next week. So bring them in. We have a link to if you want to join the show, you can always join the show by commenting on the stream and make sure you're commenting throughout the show. We'll feature your comments on the bottom and you can come on with us tonight. So if you want to join the show tonight, get the word out. We'll get you the link. You can come right on StreamYard and we'll see what you got. Because I see a lot of people on the U Stadium app. You're talking smack all day, all night. Think you know everything. Well, come on in person. Like when I, like when I body bagged Alex. <laughs> come in person, <laughs> come in person and, and we'll get you on the show. So, um, all right. With that being said, we'll dive into all the quarterback talk and what's going on with Zach Wilson. Our boy finally signed today. Big sigh of relief. And just for that, I wore this special shirt, y'all. Oh, hey, if only. That's, that's what we got in this kid. And I'm going to explain later why I think Zach Wilson's going to be our new era version of Joe Namath. I think it took me having to do a event session for the deal to get done. Did like a half an hour event session with Jeff fans earlier and a few of them came on. I thought a few of them were close to tears. So um, for for their sake, their mental sake, I'm I'm glad I finally got done. I think like an hour after we did this whole uh, event session. So it was good to finally get that done, get them into camp tomorrow. Yeah, no, that was good. That was awesome. And if you guys want to check that out, go to the YouTube. And Nick did a little uh, one-hour little vent session earlier, and right after that, Zach Wilson signed. <laughs> that was that was that was pretty funny. I thought you had something to do with it, honestly. Maybe. But, yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll get into all that. We're gonna drop our top our top ten cornerbacks. The fan votes done. So we had J.C. Jackson, Bryce Callahan, Lattimore, William Jackson, Kyle Fuller, and Darius Slay were in the fan vote. Fan vote is done, so we'll announce who the 10th quarterback is on that list. Um, but, yeah, the biggest news of the day, we'll dive right into it. Uh, Russell freaking Westbrook, it appears, is going to the L.A. Lakers, which is a bombshell uh, piece of news. Um, uh, Woj just talked 
or just broke it now, but um, earlier, uh, about an hour ago, I think Shams was on it. So it's funny how they kind of go back and forth, these two all the time with news. <laughs> but um, it's like, yeah, it's like Shams broke it. And then Woj comes in and goes, yeah, same exact news. Sources tell ESPN. It's like, did sources tell Shams or sources told ESPN or <laughs> told you guys at the same time? It was kind of within like the second. Um, so... Yeah, that's big news. I know, Nick, you're not the biggest NBA uh, fan, but, Nick, what are your initial thoughts there? Westbrook, LeBron, L.A., all the I think he's a has-been, and I think it's – LeBron's a has-been, and I think that team is just kind of chucking up and seeing what – speaking of chucks, getting the biggest chuck in Russell Westbrook, uh, I think they're just chucking stuff against the wall to see what sticks and trying to make LeBron happy, and I think it's going to be a terrible fit, and I think it's a terrible trade. Um and I don't think the Lakers have a shot, you know, with the the youth movement in the NBA, with the young stars coming in and these old guys fading away. Um, I just don't – I don't like it. I don't think it's going to work well. Good job by the Wizards, even though they didn't get too much, but good job by them to get rid of a guy who's way on his way out. So I'm not a uh, – I'm, I'm not a huge Westbrook guy. You know, I know he scores and I know he, he pads the stat sheet and all that, but, man, he's just not a winner. So don't love it. <clears throat> and – um if it leads to more LeBron misery, I'm all for it. <laughs> Nick, I think you're wrong here, man. And I hear a lot of people right now on social and I've gotten text messages saying that Westbrook makes no sense with LeBron because he can't shoot, which on the surface makes sense. Um, but Russell Westbrook, man, is one of the most athletically gifted basketball players ever. And you're teaming him up with the most gifted basketball player ever in LeBron James. Not only not only talking about offensively what that potentially could mean with them both just going to the basket um, and, and, and just racking up easy points, but what about defensively? Westbrook is an underrated defensive player. He plays hard. He's always going after loose balls. I think this move's going to work. Now, they're going to have to find shooters um, because you're getting rid of Kuzma and, and, and Caldavius. You're going to need some shooters around both those guys, but... When you just team people up in the NBA like this, you know how it is, Nick. It's like you have a super team kind of look again. If West, you know, if Westbrook is official, then you have AD and LeBron. How are you going to stop that? It's like when they did the big three. Wade and LeBron's games didn't really mesh well together, but they went to four straight finals. So um, they were young and in their prime. This, these are older guys and a younger guy in Anthony Davis who can't stay healthy. True. It's different. You I know, if it feels it's more like but... to me when the Lakers added all those older dudes or, you know, the Nets, bef- not this super team, the Nets built the one with KG and, and Pierce, you know, that even though they didn't, they traded a ton of assets for those guys and the Lakers didn't really do that. But it feels like to me, you're just, you know, sticking a bunch of has-beens together, even though Westbrook is, you know, he's not old. I wouldn't consider him old. And, you know, LeBron is still, you know, could still be great if he's healthy. It just feels like, you know, LeBron doesn't know what he can do at this point. I don't think people really want to play with him anymore. You can't get the younger stars to play with him or the Lakers can't, you know, figure out a way to make it happen because they have AD and him. And they get a guy in Westbrook who's been kind of tossed around like a rag doll around the league the past few years. And, you know, they know he's an elite scorer. So if LeBron is hurt and they don't, or one of the two guys are hurt, they at least have a, a second guy who can come in and can drop 40. Um, but to me, it just feels like forced and it's like a desperation move, you know, to try and keep up with, you know, these younger score te- scoring teams now. And yeah, Noah's right. Dwight Howard, Nash, Kobe team. Exactly. Um, 
I just Westbrook's it, it doesn't do team in four me. years now, which is not a good look on his. Yeah, you know something's up when that happens, and, and the way this the youth movement in the league is going on, like the Bucks are young and great. The Nets they still have a better big three because KD and, and Kyrie are still young, and obviously with Harden, and you know you have the Suns who are going to be a year you know more playoff experience, and and you know a few younger other younger teams. So I don't know. It just to me, I, it doesn't do too much for me, and I think it'll be. You know, they'll be in the playoffs, I'm sure, obviously. Um, they'll probably win a series or two, but I don't think they're a finals team with this this group. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think if Westbrook and LeBron are healthy, I don't even care if AD's playing or not, they're going to the finals. It's just it, it is what it is. It, basketball is a game like that. They're going to take down every board. They're going to be more aggressive to the ball. They both know how to pass, and obviously LeBron's an extremely good passer, but as is Westbrook, who's averaged a triple-double, I think, what, the last three seasons? Um, or what is it? Since 2016, Westbrook's averaged a triple-double, 2016, 17, 18, and last year, which is insane. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, we'll have more NBA news coming as the show goes on. Bradley Beal is apparently someone next that could be moved. Um, Mavericks should get him. That'd be interesting. Yeah, Luca that, needs. Actually, that, that's a great. That's a great fit, actually. Yeah, Luca needs a legit, you know, secondary player, and get rid of KP if you can. Send him there and bring back Beal and build the roster the right and current way the league is going. I think that would be a cool fit. And the draft is tonight, so um, yeah, that's that'll be interesting. Yeah, the NBA <laughs> drafts tonight. It's uh, after Cade Cunningham. Nick does not have any idea nope. who any of these guys are. I saw one dude signed a big uh, sneaker deal with Nike, and I don't know his name, but um, <laughs> I saw uh, Ty posted it on the app. So um, I know the two dudes with big Nike deals. So, But Cade, Cade Cunningham, from what I've seen, you know, watched him a little bit uh, of his college highlights. He looks legit. So, and he's locked up to the Pistons, which sucks because I mean, everybody knows he's going there, but, uh, Woj kind of ruined the little bit of suspense by reporting it last night that he like basically already agreed to his deal. So it's kind of a bummer there, but, um, and it's the yeah, first time in forever, Frank, team. that the Knicks aren't picking like top five. So I'm sure that's makes it, a, I don't know. Does that make it less exciting or more exciting? No, less exciting. Yeah, of course. I haven't been following up much on this draft, to be honest. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know much, many of these guys. In the I think it's because the season just ended like two days ago. You know, so yeah. there's real no, there's no buffer. You know, in the NFL, you got that free agency buffer, you know, combine free agency buffer, and you know they they elongated the season with COVID this year and um, kind of threw the draft together, and then the season's going to probably start in like eight weeks, right? So it's like there's real no. There's really no time for any kind of buffer, but I do like how the NBA does uh, the draft before free agency. I think it would be interesting if the NFL did that once. I mean, they wouldn't because what they do now really works, but it'd be cool to draft first and then fill in your roster with, um, you know, positions that you didn't, you know, address in, in the draft it would be cool and via free agency. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you, uh, if you're following right now, or you're watching, give us that thumbs up, please, and subscribe to the channel. The more you thumbs up, the more likely you are to see us when we go live. We're on YouTube right now, but we're also on the U Stadium app. When things drop, we will be going live. We have a bunch of people in U Stadium that go live throughout the day, so make sure you're following us on uh, on YouTube. So subscribe to that channel. Throw up that thumbs up. You're listening to the best damn sports show right now going on live right the F now. Um, all right, with that being said, 
what happened today was crazy because earlier in the day, Jet fans like myself and Nick were all depressed because we woke up to a Zach Wilson that was not signed again. And the thoughts keep creeping in. We're cursed. We suck. Our ownership's the worst ever, which really probably hasn't changed uh, anyway. We're still going to be able to have those thoughts every day, guys. Um, but it was nice that Zach Wilson has been signed, and it was – Again, over this freaking offset language, which I hope the next time the CBA rolls around that they address because this offset language is insane. Either have it in permanently for players, for teams, excuse me, because the teams want it or don't have it in. Um, offset language basically means if you're cut within four years of your rookie contract and another team signs you, do, does the, do you get paid by your old team? Or do you get paid by the new team? What's the split there? So the, the teams want it in because they don't want to be on the hook for the full deal. So if I have a $4 million, if I have $4 mil left on my contract as a rookie, I get cut. I get signed to the Texans for $1 million. I get $1 mil from the Texans. I still get $3 million from my old team unless offset language, uh, if offset language is in, rather than me getting $4 million if it's not in. So um, teams obviously want it in. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just been a cluster, honestly, with these guys. So, uh, But good news, man. Zach is home, baby. And I'm looking forward to watching him practice. Yeah, and there was really – it was – and I mentioned it on that little uh, session we did this morning with the Jeff fans. Like, there was just the, the negative vibe that was unneeded, you know. And, yeah, it was only two practices, and they barely did anything. Um, but, you know, you roll up – you know, you hear all, all about this new, you know, Ferrari that you got in the garage and, you know, all winter you've been waxing it and you've been getting the, you know, the, the, the brakes ready, the tires, new tires, new brakes, you know, new engine, it's ready to go, you know, and you forget to put the gas in it and you, and you can't take it out of the garage for the first two days and you're sitting there waiting and, you know, you have the old like 94 Azuzu in the back that you have to use for the next, you know, the first two days and you have, uh, Mike White and, and uh, James Morgan, who have no business being the NFL, and they're out there on the first two days of camp. And you got guys like Corey Davis and Elijah Moore who are, you know, ready to go, ready to, to get out there with Zach Wilson, you know, those off-platform off throws and run around like crazy. Um, and they have to come in, and the, the energy and the juice was just sucked out of them. Um, so it was it's great to get Wilson here past all of his – protocols he'll be practicing tomorrow the first public practice where a lot of i got that question a lot is oh do you think he'll be ready saturday when the first public practice i'm going to be there first time in a year and a half i can go out and you know see the jets or see my team um so he'll be here tomorrow he'll practice and he'll be there saturday so fans who are who did get tickets to go out to the first open practice will get to see him so um, good to get that over with. Great to, to have him in camp. I know they, I don't want to make this a Jets talk, but you know, they're, they've been talking about a few of the younger guys who've been impressive the first two days. So, um, great to get everybody there together. And they did meet, meet, reach that common ground, which myself and Austin talked about, um, you know, about like finding a middle ground that's going to get there. Cause the Jets wouldn't budge on that offset language. And, um, Austin Does it just have offset language for all their quarterbacks that we signed? Is that like a common? Yeah, that's what the holdup was. Darnold too, a few years ago, when it took but him what, three or four uh, days. Do most to get teams it. have this for their quarterbacks. Yeah, thirty out of thirty team, thirty-two teams have that that offset. The only two teams I think are the Rams and Jaguars. Who so why were so why was Wilson and and his agent being so stern on that? If it was known that the Jets were gonna 
wanted in the contract. They were trying. I'm not, to I'm not sure about that. And I know, well, it's a negotiation, right? So they got what, you know, essentially they were able to negotiate the Jets paying that 22.9 or $23 million bonus that, that signing bonus that, that Wilson gets. They're going to pay that now over the next two weeks instead of weeks, right. months, you know, down the, you know, throughout the entire yeah. season. So he's going to get that all up front, you know, and instead of, it's just the, the little bit of negotiation tactics that these agents and players have left with this new rookie wage scale. Um, so, and, and Austin, who I spoke to, who, who does a lot of contracts and stuff, he does works with a few agents saying a lot has to do with like the New York media and how they, you know, prop up these players like a Zach Wilson um, and they, and they, and these agents use that to their advantage when they're negotiating. So you know, Lawrence didn't have that in Jacksonville. Lance really wasn't this highly rated prospect. Granted, he went third overall, but, you know, Wilson had a lot of backing as people were, as we went through the process, saying he was the number one quarterback. So um, it got done. He only missed two practices, whatever. It's a non-story now. Um, hopefully he just gets into camp and he's ready to go. And um, they they have the, the the guy that we hope he is. Nick, I made a prediction last night on a podcast. Oh, boy. All right. So I made this big prediction on the AFC East Roundtable, which is a pretty cool account on YouTube. Uh, They basically have a representative from all the AFC East teams on there. Now, I am feeling even more confident about this prediction than I was last night. Zach Wilson in year two will have over – 4,500 passing yards. We'll have at least 37 total touchdowns and we'll be an MVP candidate. <laughs> wow. What are, how many games are we going to win? That sounds like a t- at least a 10 win season. Uh, nine or 10 games. I All don't right, know how I'll to say it. how many games teams are going to win anymore because it's 17? 17 games. I'm happy there's 17 games, by the way. I'd rather one more than one less or yeah. always better one more than one less. But. Um, I don't know what 10 wins means anymore. I don't think we, I don't think anybody does. Like is 10, is nine wins good or not anymore? Nine I know. Eight, it's like nine wins weird. used to be the benchmark. It was like, if you get to nine wins, yeah. you're over 500, you can consider it a solid season. And you're probably in that playoff conversation. Now, is that 10 wins now, especially with the extra playoff team, which they added last year. Now seven teams make it. Now you have 17 weeks. I mean, it's, it's just, a. Uh, everything that we knew about football is gone and changed now. And it's like, I guess that 10 wins is, is that benchmark? I would say like, you got to get yeah. to 10 wins to consider it a good season, 10 and seven. Technically, mathematically speaking, it'll be between nine and 10. Obviously it's mm-hmm. not going to be a perfect one because you don't have, you know, if you look at me, it's like nine and a half, but we don't know where that's going to fall. Win a half a game. Yeah. yeah, I know, but that's kind of how it's going to be. Um, but because 10 is not going to be the benchmark because there's going to be teams making the playoffs with nine wins and nine and mm-hmm. eight. And typically, you don't make the playoffs if you're eight and eight. So it'll, yeah. be, it'll, it'll be interesting. We'll know more as the years go on what that benchmark looks like. But it's going to be between nine and ten. It won't be eight, obviously, anymore. But nine win seasons are, are not going to guarantee it. But they're not. But they'll be, I think, nine win teams will make the playoffs more often, obviously, uh, than um, than eight win teams ever have, but not to the extent of nine. Yeah, I, I get what you're now. saying. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of weird, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hope but, this right. take goes better than the one that Splash called you out on on, on the, the Deshaun or the Rogers show the other night. I think he did you dirty on there. I'm not gonna lie. 
He's a he's he's a scumbag. He was getting ready. For, he was ready for that all week. Move by him. <laughs> you, you, Speaking you of piece of shit moves, with Aaron Rodgers just aired out all his dirty la- uh, laundry. So I know people love that it. to me one day on, on, oh, on the show. He's gonna come and yeah. talk about me like that. When FanDuel comes and gets Splash next, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna do his own show and he's gonna rip you to pieces. I can't wait. I'll I'll subscribe to that one real quick. <laughs> I've never seen a quarterback do that before, man. I've, I've, Dude, I don't that's think I've who ever he seen a is, man. Do that. Like he's just go like, out there completely unfiltered and just go off. And you're and 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 what I was trying to say, and on, and then. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, they, they've only been good because they have these guys, which is complete bullshit. Was, can you imagine if Rodgers actually p- played on a terrible organization like the Jets, the <laughs> Washington, the Lions, the Texans, five years the ago, Bengals? Yeah. Forget about it. Like, he's played – this is a this is the gold standard, the Packers, right? Like, my entire life, the Packers have probably missed the playoffs once in, in 31 years or 32, whatever I'll be this year. And, like, this is, this is the top three franchise in, in all sports. And, yeah, they haven't – one, you know, as much lately, um, and probably that's a knock on Rodgers, if anything, but I thought what he did was, it was cool and, like, different to see because that you just don't see that, but I thought a lot of what he said kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, you know, a lot of guys want to just come here, like, oh, he pretty much ripped the city of Green Bay and said, like, oh, it's not a vacation destination. They're coming to play with me, and then he, like, Oh, and the team, like, give me a break, dude. This guy, I'm, I'm not like front. I'll be totally upfront. I'm not the biggest Rogers fan. I've never been. Um, some of the things was cool, like that what he said, and I agreed with. Yeah, he should have a lot more to say, and I'm sure he has. I think he's just kind of this is his side of things, right? So like, he's had a while to to stir the pot to brew. All the rumors were right, though, Nick. All the rumors we heard were right, weren't they? I mean, everything beforehand that was being said about him wanting more control over the roster, not getting Mm -hmm. it, was was pissing him off. That was obviously true. Yeah, and when he said, like, they cut a lot of – or let a lot of players go maybe one year too early. But, like, who is Aaron Rodgers? And I know he's a great quarterback. He's a great player, one of the best. But is he a GM? Is he a scout? Does he do all this homework on to be a player and development and stuff? Like – Jordy Nelson went and he was finished. Randall Cobb is finished. James Jones, he was finished. Charles Woodson, he was finished. He maybe had one more good year. It's not like he's talking about guys who left Green Bay, went somewhere and was great and was like, Rodgers is sitting there. Well, what about me? They bring in Devontae Adams, who's been great. Aaron Jones is great. They have good running backs pretty much every year. He was pissed about Jake Kumaro. Like, give me a break, man. Like, it was just the smugness of Aaron Rodgers. And that's why he's had this family issues where basically he was estranged from his entire family. So, Seeing what he did was cool. It was edgy. It was, you know, modern day. It was awesome and stuff. But um, I, di- I didn't really love it. And, wow, the Yankees are about to trade for Anthony Rizzo. Let's go. <laughs> Woo. That's are Jack Curry of Yes Network. So, wow, the Yankees wow. are going all in. Splash, Not splash. You got you to gotta get that stuff up right now. Anthony Rizzo <laughs> is one of my favorite players. And I love the joke. And it keeps move. him from Boston. I love the Joe Gallo move. Yes, that's true, Nick. And I love the Joe Gallo move because Joe Gallo's a left-handed batter, which we don't fucking have. Our entire lineup is right-handed power hitters. Now you get a left-handed guy, you put him in the lineup, and then you're pitching against a lefty, and then you have Judge, and then you have Stanton or Sanchez. Which, by the way, we need to get rid of one of them too, because now with with the the real six five guy coming in and Joe Gallo, Sanchez or Stanton, get the hell out of town. They Another cannot all be on the same roster. Yeah, you have a lefty now in Rizzo as well. These are good moves. 
And I, I, I don't, I don't care if people say, look at the batting average, as you were saying, Nick, yesterday, this is baseball today. It's a walk. It's a hit. And then it's a strikeout. A lot of these guys do that. So big, big news for the Yankees. So there, you know, they took two out of three from the Rays, even though Garrett Cole minus the spider tech got his ass kicked today. Um, Taking two out of three, doesn't matter how you do it. Who got the win for you was huge for them. It was a football um, score today, Nick. I know. Well, the Mets got maybe, the, maybe the, the Mets lost twenty-one, twenty-one-two a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I think I think the division is all but <clears throat> out of reach for them, and it's you know you're Absolutely. playing for that one game wild card, um, just because they just can't beat the Red Sox for whatever reason. Um, but man, teams are, and this kind of throws off the show where we were going with the quarterback talk and training camp, but we were going to get into this. This has been a wild MLB trade deadline when you have guys like. Rizzo, Adam Frazier, who leads the league in hits. Uh, Scherzer is about to go to the Padres. Danny Duffy to the Dodgers. Um, so many deals. Brad Hand to the Blue Jays. And the Mets here sitting on their hands doing nothing. I know they've been in talks trying to get everybody. But as always, Sandy Alderson, who is calling the shots here for all these like smart Met fans who think they know everything. And like, oh, he's not even the GM. You guys are out of your minds. Keep playing MLB The Show. The guy's calling the entire operations for the Mets, and the Zach Scott's doing nothing. He's basically the puppet, so Alderson doesn't have to talk to the media, which he's always hated. So Nick, it's the you kind of guy. The, what do you mean the a you kind of guy? Nick likes the cutie. Rizzo is one of the best dudes in the league, yeah. man. He's one of the nicest guys. Great story. Um, to keep him from going to the Red Sox is just a, a huge get for them because this is a New York. Guy. I wish Bree was here, so that could have been a nice a victory lap, even though she would have probably thrown in your face that the Red Sox won like <laughs> 10 out of 12 games this year so far. Um, but man, that's a, a massive news break right now, so um, it's gonna be a crazy next not even 24 hours yet. So, uh, keep it on that theme, Nick. I know, I know this was big for you, but uh, the Padres got your boy Max Scherzer, so huge deal, and I think that. Him and Frazier. You got the best, probably the best. Here's a guy in Frazier, not to do talk like Chris Collinsworth. Here's a guy in Frazier who is like the exact opposite of Joey Gallo. This guy leads the league and hits, bats like 330. Um, he's your like prototypical table setter, can play every position. You know, he can play some outfield. I know he's gonna play the outfield for the Padres. He can play all the infield spots except for short. Um, but he's the Padres go and they get him, then they go and they get tentatively it's not confirmed yet max scherzer by far the best starting pitcher on the the market um so there that nl west chase is crazy because you had all three of those teams going out to get scherzer you know dodgers giants the giants are in the lead in the division the padres are chasing these two teams and the padres made the two biggest moves and now the dodgers are trying to like counter that with the danny duffy acquisition i'm sure they're not done they'll look to get kimbrell and the Giants are looking to add, too. They're talking about Chris Bryant. So um, you got, like, kind of four or five teams who are kind of going after the same guys here. So it'll be really interesting to see the, like, domino effect when one guy goes somewhere, what the next team is going to end up doing. Um, and then you have the Yankees making two massive moves. I wonder who they give up for Rizzo here. But um, him and yeah, you Gallo, think, you two big left bats. Luke Luke's probably in that deal. I was. I mean, they're probably gonna they're probably going to move Voight. I don't think the Cubs really have any need for him right now. I mean, they yeah, could. He still has some control left. Yeah, and um, he's but a first they'll probably move Voight somewhere for nothing. You know, just to clear the they have to clear money now. Obviously, well, it depends if they if they paid to kind of make a less deal or to give up less to the Cubs. 
Um, or did they give a better prospect and have the Cubs pay basically yeah. all of Rizzo's deal? Cause they're up against that luxury tax and, um, but man, Cashman, Cashman's not going down easy. I know everybody wanted to, you know, Absolutely bury him not. and, you know, throw the last bit of dirt over the dude, but man, he's going out swinging for sure. What I really do like about this is the Yankees. Now the personality of the team will change a bit. You have Joey Gallo coming in, you have Anthony Rizzo and that personality, which I was not a fan of that. The team really uh, negatively embraced this year was this. We don't want to be out there. Everyone's low energy. You have Stanton and Sanchez just going through the motions. Now this team comes in with some life. And I love Anthony Rizzo, big clubhouse guy. Um, this move's excellent for New York, for the Yankees. This is a great and I can't And I can't keep saying it enough. Keeping him, he was that final piece for Boston, I think. If they would have gotten that big lefty bat to play first, because they don't have that first baseman right now. They were looking for one. Um, I'm sure they can still go out and get somebody and stick him at first base. But Rizzo was that perfect fit for them. They wanted Gallo too, and so did the Braves. But to get Rizzo, keep him away from Boston, that changes it really changes everything for the Yankees. I agree with you that that clubhouse with the Yankees felt stale. You have no. really like weird personality. From opening day, Judge is a very weird personality. Stanton Sanchez doesn't have much of a personality. Judge isn't. Judge has a personality. Judge is a very stale. He's stale. Is stale. I disagree. Judge I doesn't have much. Of, he's, he's very like monotone. Doesn't really say much. Like when the rest of the team is going good and there's another energy what about guy. LeMahieu? In the LeMahieu doesn't judges. say anything. Yeah, he's a similar guy. They're all the he's same kind of guy. And, and Gallo, you know, you you that's a spark. Now these other guys are saying, hey, like they're, they're going for it. This isn't one of you know, we're not throwing it away. So um, that's a that, that's I'm more excited. I'm not even Yankee, but I'm more excited definitely for Rizzo than I am Gallo. So. Um, I mean, that's Holy like crap. Did you just see the stroke. that just broke? What? Clay Thompson's going to the Lakers. Shut up. No, <laughs> that guy doesn't even play anymore. <laughs> Me and Nick always joke about Clay Thompson. Nick's convinced that Clay Thompson just hasn't played in three years because he's waiting to join a super team. So he's, no, just he's like waiting for the Warriors to get good again. <laughs> he's waiting for who do they have? They drafted a, a kid last year, right? What, what's his name? So the W. Weissman. Yeah, is he any good? He's okay. He's kind of one of these players Splash that really yes. fit in, in today's game. He's good, but they're gonna—they might trade him tonight. James Weissman might be on the block tonight, so, so the NBA now. Clay's waiting for another star player to come, and then he'll be magically healthy again. Yeah, he's kind of from that uh, DeAndre Ayton kind of mold, one of those kind of guys. Yeah. Let's move on from other sports. Get back into the NFL. Um, in other news, uh, Dak Prescott. We'll go through a quick. Had a little bit of a shoulder injury. wasn't considered uh, wasn't considered serious at first, and then actually wasn't serious when the MRI came back. Uh, Cowboys fans, you can breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, the results came back. Every, everything was negative. Um, I will say that happens when a guy has a year plus who you know, and they're off, and they come back in, and they're using all these quick twitch muscles. You can see some things um, just now working right and you overextend and you have this situation happen. So um, that's that on the other side of, of, of the coin there. Uh, staying have, in the state of Texas. Well, saying who should have been the, the, the Cowboys coach, Sean Payton, who I still oh. think should have been coaching that team. Honestly, that was a big mistake on his end and on the Cowboys end. I agree. Payton should, yeah. Sean Payton um, expressed uh, his frustrations with Michael Thomas Oh, who was supposed to have ankle surgery earlier than right after um, minicamp, 
but uh, he didn't. He waited until after minicamp in June, and uh, Sean Payton's pissed. This is not a good look for Michael Thomas, and honestly, if he's not able to perform this year, look for him to maybe be on his way out of uh, of, of New Orleans, honestly. He's not going to like the quarterback play this year. Drew Brees isn't there. You're not going to get that value from Winston or Taysom. Watch some – Watch that storyline with Michael Thomas. Seems to be a bit emotional. I could see Michael Thomas being on the move next offseason. I don't know what. Yeah, what I, I think that I think that relationship is soured for yeah, sure. It's kind of tread, trended that way. Like, I mean, you can't go and get rid of him unless you got somebody to replace him. I mean, they're, they're signing like Chris Hogan to to come and play. They really don't have anybody out on that roster that you can depend on. Um, so until they do replace, and I'm surprised they didn't draft anybody early this year, but. Um, I don't see him staying there. And when, when your coach comes out and kind of questions a health situation, that's a lot different than like, you know, maybe he shouldn't have ran this route and he should have went inside on the interception. That's different. That's different when you quite, you're almost questioning his heart. Like you're almost saying this guy didn't get the surgery because he doesn't want to play here this year because of the quarterback. Maybe. I mean, there's, there's, it's not just on the surface. What you see here is what you get. I think when you go out and you say something about a guy's injury status, I think it's a lot deeper than what you see. I don't think it has to do with just kind of a, you know, tongue in cheek comment about maybe he should have gotten the surgery a month earlier and he wouldn't be out until December. Um, I think there's some kind of built up frustration on both ends. And I think this off season, they'll probably look to move in. I'm, I'm not sure what the contract status is, um, but you know, that's something I'll, I'll look into that and see like if, if it is feasible for them to move him. Um, but I don't see him staying there for, for too long. He's an interesting character too. Like we did that Q and a with him um, and just kind of chatting with him on the side, different guy. Um, I know receivers are, are different kind of guys. <laughs> they're, they're built differently than, than other positions, but um, I can see how he might not get along with everybody there. And um, it seems like that might be the case. I, I don't see Michael Thomas lasting in New Orleans for too long. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a storyline that'll play out the entire season and then uh, going into next offseason for sure. Um, but our top 10 cornerbacks are here. The list is complete. Marshawn Lattimore won the fan vote. Definitely. Seri- oh, I think that's the first time the fans on the app got this one right. Most overrated corner in the NFC. That guy, I would rather, I think, basically take every other corner we had in that fan vote outside of Darius Slay, who I don't even know how he ended up making the fan vote. He's been <laughs> an utter failure for the Eagles. Um, and he'll continue to be that guy. Just, he's overrated also. And I told Nick this a few years ago when he played in Detroit, but um, I don't, I disagree with Lattimore. I think Bryce Callahan's better. Granted, he plays slot corner, but I think he's better. William Jackson's very underrated, Nick. I know we've been fans of his. He should have been on this list. Should have been on this list. Um, Over Denzel Ward. JC Jackson had an amazing year um, last year for the Pats. Uh, Kyle Fuller. I think he's a Belichick guy. I think he's one of those guys. There's a ton of those guys. Um, But yeah, Nick, what do you think about this list? We got Jalen rocking the top. I think Jalen is definitely the best. I think Jair is close. I I love Jair Alexander. I think he's like one of the most under, I don't even, I want to call him underrated because people know and he's, he's great. Um, I just don't think people realize he's a lot closer to being the best corner in football than, than some people think. Um, Humphrey for me is a little high. I think Xavier's better. I think Tredavious is better. I think Gilmore is definitely better. I would have Gilmore three because Gilmore had a, you know, the injury situation. He could have, he's closer to Ramsey than he is, you know, than he is to six. Like, 
I think he's that good. Um, Denzel Ward shouldn't be in there, in my opinion. I think Bradbury is solid. Denzel Ward's really good, man. Denzel injured Ward. Guy, injured guy. He's I don't know. Really I'm not good, a though, Denzel Ward's yeah. underrated. He does a lot for that Cleveland defense. He doesn't get enough credit. Everyone thinks it's just Miles Garrett. It's not. Denzel Ward holds it down over. No, the definitely a good player. I don't think he's better than, you know, Bradbury. I don't. I think him and Lattimore are kind of on the same level. Um, Peters is great. Like Peters is, is Peters the guy who is does awesome. Every, yeah. every game he, every other game he has a big play. Literally, they have a he's, great thing in Baltimore with with Peters and Humphrey. Like two guys that are different. Uh, bring like. Both are very intense guys. Like Humphrey's a little bit more quiet. Peters is obviously outspoken. He's like Marshawn Lynch. You know, I know he's his cousin, but he's literally like the the cornerback version of him. So he brings that like smack talk intensity, very confident. You know, Humphrey's a little bit more quiet, but he's very intense on the field. Um, and they do different things. Peters play, makes a lot more plays. So they have a great thing going in Baltimore. Obviously, they they always do. They tend to always get it right on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think the list is really good. I think this is one that, like, you know, the edge was hard to do because there's so many good ones. Um, but there is definitely a drop-off after 10. You know, that 11 to 20 is kind of like it's hard to pick and choose Yeah, like next them. year, um, the 11, to, 11 to 20 is going to yeah. be completely different. But you could see a lot of the guys yeah. in the top 10 now being there next year. I will say with Marlon Humphrey – the interesting thing there is this is really the year that he can put himself on the map as being a top five corner because he still has some things to prove. He's had two really good seasons, but he has to prove something um, this season. I know he was an all pro in 2019. I know last year he had a really solid year as well, but to be considered in that group, which we're considering him in that group. Now he's top three on our list. We will, uh, be judging you, Marlon, this year, and we'll see what you can do. And you're in a division with some tough, some 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 tough wide receivers. So um, we'll, we'll we'll see about it. If you could do three, hey, listen, I always say this: you could do it once, you could do it twice as a corner. Doing it three times, you're special. So this is his year to be special. So we'll yeah, see the only the only change I would probably make on this is Ward down a little bit, and I'd put Gilmore at three and bump everybody else down one. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think Bradbury's awesome. Mm -hmm. I would but I think I he's would. rated right there. I don't think he's better than than the rest of the Peters I think is he a Peters is to the top to, 10. Peters is not like your prototypical corner that just goes out there and kind of bumps up with a guy all game and, and prevents them from, you know, going over 75 yards. But Peters will then get uh, a tipped ball out of nowhere and, and return it for six. So he's that opportunistic corner, but he's not that corner yeah. you know you know cb1 as splash is saying now yeah. in, in in our chat um so yeah yeah for sure like like i said they they have a great thing going there and splash is right as a cornerback one he's probably he's not top 10 you know he wouldn't be on this list but as a cornerback two he's probably the best if not you know one of the best second corners on a, on a team so um just the playmaking ability the intensity the confidence kind of wrapped into one you know makes the list for me um but I, I think it's a really good list, and Trey White is is so good too. Like, you know, he's definitely fifth. Like, that's that's a great corner. Like, you know, the a, the AFC East has so many good corners between uh, Trey White, Gilmore, the the two Dolphin dudes, you know, Z, uh, Howard and and Byron Jones. Um, so, you know, there's some some good corners in that division. Obviously, the <clears throat> uh, 
the Rams, <laughs> Jets legend Lamar Jackson. Oh my God, um, you know the Rams with with Ramsey. That second corner though, I know it's. I think Darius Williams is is their guy this year. Uh, big year for him. So, um, all right, let's answer this question. So we have this question here. By the way, guys, we're done with the show. The show is basically done at this point. All the topics we went through them, we went through them like a speed of a uh, speed of light. Yeah. Um, like Nick going to his fridge at 3 a.m. Nick. Enough of, enough of that. I can't make 3 a.m. anymore. <laughs> um, so you all agree he isn't a QB1, but have him listed as uh, above QB1, uh, CB1s. CB1s. All right. El Beccio. And I remember you from, from other shows we've had, too, earlier ones. So welcome back, brother. Um, all right. This is the thing. Marcus Peters is one of the most – uh, intriguing corners, I think, in football. Because <laughs> if you have him as your number one corner and he's guarding, let's say, A.J. Brown, just as an example, not to give you a top-tier guy because no one can really guard these guys. Let's say A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's going to cook Marcus Peters. He could cook him. He's going he's gonna to drop 85, uh, 90 yards and a touchdown on him. He might even go higher. He's not going to do that to Jalen. He's not going to do that to – if. Splash, let's get this list back up. AJ Brown on a, on a Sunday, he's not doing that to anyone above him, but there is nobody above him, Marcus, that does what he does exceptionally well, which is finding his way and sniffing out the football and getting your putting your team not only in pos, a position to score points, he actually scores points himself. So, this is the argument we also had with Deion Sanders and Darrell Revis on a larger scale. Deion Sanders is probably a better corner than Darrell Revis. And I say probably because I'm going to explain why. But in terms of shutting down your number one wide receiver, there is no cornerback ever in the history of football that did what Darrell Revis did during those two years and was better at just manning up, pressing your number one receiver, and, and, and limiting that receiver to 30 yards receiving. Deion wasn't doing that. Charles Woodson wasn't doing that. Champ Bailey wasn't doing that. Darrell was doing that. He did it to the best wide receivers in a day of football where you can't even touch receivers anymore. If you, if you grab someone past two yards, they're, called, they're throwing a defensive holding at least. Um, so, But Dion's better because he found his way to the ball. He was returning punts for six. He was getting more pick sixes. Charles Woodson, you can make an argument also, could be up there with Revis and Legacy because of how opportunistic he is to the ball. So Marcus Peters is up there, not because what he does against these number one wide receivers. It's how effective and how much influence he has on winning football games, being a cornerback on the field, honestly. That, that's yeah. what it is. And, and it's not so black and white, right? Like different guys are asked to do different things because – good teams realize what good players do better than, you know, I know that was a little confusing, but good teams know what a good corner is good at and what he's not. And, and what the Ravens ask of Marcus Peters, he does better than what the Saints ask of Marshawn Lattimore, in my opinion. So, you know, you shouldn't knock Marcus Peters because he plays a Marlon Humphrey. So, you know, there's different schemes, so many different things. And, and what Peters brings to the Ravens, you can argue that if, it may sound crazy if if Humphrey goes down, they if Peters goes down, they might miss him more than if Humphrey went down. Humphreys went down. Marlon Humphrey went down. So it's it's a different dynamic and what what they ask these guys to do. 
And that's why as a group, they're so good. Um, you know, and that's why what Peters does, that's why what Peters does best, he's so good at, um, you know, so it's, it, he's just a different type of corner. He's not your shut down, you know, Alexander Ramsey, et cetera, but that doesn't mean he's not a great corner. Yeah. And this is why Peters has been on three different teams in his career though. It's very hard to understand. His act can wear on you too. That's true, but it's yeah. it's really hard to gauge him as a corner. You could see if mm -hmm. he has a, st a stretch of six bad games and he does all this wild stuff on the side, you're like, is this person even worth keeping around here for the long term? And that's why he's on three teams. He's been on three teams, and he might be on his fourth sooner rather th than later. Don't be surprised. But um, all right, Nick, show is complete. That was fast. We ran through it all. I was talking like a million and two miles an hour all night, just getting it, getting it in. So that's how we do it, getting it in. By the way, if you haven't seen, um, one of our friends is on Instagram recently. She's uh, actually, I'm not gonna talk about her, but um, Nick, your girl there, you know, you know, who I'm talking about that. I actually, me and Nick have a friend that we we were sending some. We we're like, oh, she looks good these days, and I sent it in a work chat accidentally like a moron thinking it was going to Nick, but it went to like 50. You're going to get written up to HR. I think on that one, <laughs> I could tell a few people weren't happy about that. <laughs> All right, guys. Might, might just be me solo right, next week. No brain. <laughs> and Frank might be suspended. Um, But yeah, uh, that's it for timeout. You oh. stadium episode 26 is in the books. Nick, give Jeff fans a prediction. What's the uh, what's the record next year? We're holding you to this. This oh, is an official prediction, and don't be like six games or seven. Give us something that's, good, man. That's what I think. Seven and seven and God, seven Everyone's, and ten. No, that's a great people? season for this current Jet team. Seven wins. That's the easiest. They won two out. last year. What do you want they me to say? They're not a ten-win team. They're a nine-win team. The no, Jets will win nine wins, and we're going to finish above the Patriots in the AFC East. All right. Flash, you got this? Jets are going nine and eight, and we are finishing above the New England Patriots in the AFC East. The Rizzo details came in. Right hand, two minor leaguers, Alexander Vizcaino and uh, outfielder Kevin Alcantara. So Take them all again, you want. Uh, Cubs are picking up the entirety of what's left on Rizzo's contract. So the Yankees still have a few, they're going to still look for pitching. So they're not done yet. And oh, the Mets wow. are sitting there on their hands like the losers they always are. You we would think one team's in first place in and the other one's not. We need yeah, some if you more get spider some sticky tag, some spider tag, you're good. <laughs> Frankie Frank Andrew. Andrew. You know, Splash is making notes. What's today's date? It's like, July 29th, 6.48 p.m. Eastern time, 55 seconds. Frank said this. He's got that saved in his notebook for next next time he can call you out. By the way, does anyone know who was the first outlet to come out with the story that Aaron Rodgers was going to come back to Green Bay and it was all but confirmed? Nobody was, likes to give you stadium credit. Actually, there are some people out there. It was you stadium about two that. months ago, and I was in on those sources. So I'm just saying to people – Give me, give me a little bit of credit. That is, Splash brought up a clip from freaking the earlier this year. I don't even uh, – ridiculous. I don't even know I said that. I'll give you a crazy prediction for, for a trade prediction before next show. Let's hear it. I know Let's say Deshaun Tuesday, Watson. Deshaun Watson's going to the Eagles. That's my crazy prediction. Yep. Deshaun Watson – Deshaun Watson is an amazing quarterback, and I feel bad that he 
has been succumb to this like average kind of situation in terms of value. People think he's 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 average. Deshaun Watson's not average. Whatever he did with masseuses does not take away from his game. He's not. He wasn't hurt. It's like he had like COVID. I feel like Deshaun Watson. People think now is like this washed up quarterback. Deshaun Watson's incredible. And if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, trust me, you want Deshaun Watson over mm-hmm. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa is not the answer to your problems. That's for damn sure. Deshaun might be. So um, I don't know what people are smoking these days. Why? Oh, I don't want to give up two first round picks. Are you out of your freaking mind for for a top five quarterback? You don't want to give, give up three. I mean, we've said it. We said it the whole offseason with the Jets. Like, you know, they, they decided, and, and the Jets are in a different situation than the Dolphins are now. And you know, I don't know about the Eagles, but the Eagles got that extra pick for Wentz. I mean, that division is so winnable. If the Eagles go out and they get Wentz, uh, Watson, you tell me that they can't beat the the you know Washington and the Giants and the Cowboys. That puts them right in the, the conversation. I agree, Dad. <laughs> Oh, he's trying to say that the Mets owner sucks. The new owner sucks. And yeah, he's just been a dud, man. And unless you have to go and show me, prove it, that they go out and they get Matt. It's different. Uh, they, they're in first by default because the division is terrible. They'd be, they wouldn't even, they'd be six or seven games out in almost any other division. So yes, they've dealt with injuries. Everybody has, but the players that they have, you know, there's a difference between Mets fans and Yankees fans and other t- fans. The Mets think their players are great. Like, they think Michael Conforto, Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, they think these guys are, like, really good players, and they're not. They're Mets good. That's how. That's what I call it. They're Mets good. Like, they'll bat 260. They'll hit 20 home runs in one year, maybe 13 the next year. These guys are not st- high-quality starters on a winning team. So they just went out and they lost – of three out of five to the, to the Braves without uh, Acuna. The Mets right now, they go out and they make a trade. They get a Chris Bryant and a pitcher. Then you're talking about getting to the playoffs and actually can contend. They have DeGrom, who's not getting any younger. You, you got to go out and you got to win for this guy. You got to get him to the playoffs. And you're in an awful division. And there's at least 20 teams that are just looking to sell quality players. And the Mets have not made a move yet. And you see the Yankees making a move. They're six games out of a playoff spot or whatever. Uh, the Padres, the Mets took four out of six from the Padres. You're telling me that they can't go and get aggressive and make deals? And and all, and this, the new owner, Cohen, is is this brash guy talking, has all this money, but he's sitting on his hands right now. So he couldn't go out and get a guy like Rizzo and pay the entire salary and only give up your you know mid-level prospect and just take you know take Where's the contract. Where's Rizzo playing, back? though? <clears throat> Oh, I'm not. I'm saying a guy like Rizzo. I don't mean, general, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. This seems like the Mets. Mets. I mean, if it's not an outfielder, what, what other position? <laughs> you I need mean, a third baseman, and you need a shortstop now. Lindor's out at least six weeks, and then when that guy yeah, comes back, true. you kick him over to third base. So there's plenty. Trust well, me. Well, maybe the, Mets the Cubs are. Is, is Chris Bryant <laughs> going to be on the move? I know. Good is gone. He's gonna. He'll be traded by tonight. Yeah. You know, tonight or tomorrow morning. So and the Cubs and Baez. I know. So. You know, there's him. There's Trevor Story, who I don't love. I know he's like the hot topic for everybody. I don't love Trevor Trevor Story. I don't love Baez. Um, Chris Bryant is the perfect fit for the Mets right now. You get Bryant and Kimbrel. You trade for them both. That answers your bullpen. You go into the playoffs with a really strong bullpen because you're going to get Syndergaard back hopefully, and he's probably going to pitch out of the bullpen. So, 
you can stack the pen. You know, you ask your starters to go five innings, they can. And you can compete with these teams in the playoffs. But right now, the way the Mets are built, that's not a contender. They're just winning this division by default. They You're talking about a division back. that's when, – When's Syndergaard coming back? September, if that. But you get Carrasco back tomorrow. He's starting. Uh, I mean, listen, you know, you if, you guys have a healthy, if you guys have a healthy DeGrom, healthy Syndergaard, and Stroman, that's a pretty stack. And Carrasco. And Carrasco. That, that's yeah. stacked. That's why I'm saying Anything you don't need to go out and trade for like a Jose Berrios. Like you don't need to go do that. No, yeah. You get a get an arm that's going to just give you innings the rest of the way. Uh, Danny Duffy, I thought was perfect. Tyler Anderson, I thought was perfect. But they need offense. They need run producers, man. The Mets pitching is sixth in the league in ERA. They're thirtieth yeah, like or 29th in run scored. Your your four yeah. five your four five hitters are, are JD Davis, James McCann. These guys are terrible. Like you, you're not a real contender if you're you're asking the two guys that are that are performing are Alonzo and McNeil and Nimmo sets the table he walks Dom Smith Michael Conforto J D Davis James McCann these aren't good baseball players man they're Mets good they like when them did you switch cool on Conforto nice. you were the biggest Conforto this, fan. honestly the end of last year he's too streaky uh, he he's padded his stats in twenty what was it what was that juice ball uh, year uh, splash twenty nineteen. Um, ever since then, he, you know, he goes where he's, he's absolutely pitiful, which he's been the ex- extended year this year, um, gets hurt a lot, wants upwards of $200 million, no chance. So That's crazy. to me, I get Chris Bryant, I let him forward a walk and I extend Bryant. That's what I would do. Yeah. Well, Hey, there's always more time to talk about the Mets because you guys are going to be sucking it up until the Grom's officially back. That's for sure. So, yeah. He, he, he pitches he one like week, him. gets hurt for three. Comes back, pitches one week, gets hurt for three. So, I mean, can't really, uh, can you count on him to come back for the rest of the year? I, I don't, I don't think so. It seems like he's yeah. got something going on more with his head than he actually does with his arm. It seems like I just think they're worried about hurt. about a serious, more serious yeah. injury potentially. But um, all right, everyone, that was it for timeout with you, Stadium. Shout outs to all the listeners out there. We'll get the pod up right after the show. So if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, we're on Apple Music. We're on Spotify, podcasts. Um, make sure you hit that up. If you don't have the U Stadium app, get on there. We have a sick feature coming out, which is in uh, it's in stealth mode at the moment, but I've told some people. Splash, if you leak this feature out to anybody, anybody, I'm, I'm coming for your, your Atlanta Braves <laughs> apparel. I'm taking it all. You're going to wake up one day, and I'm going to have it all just in my hands. I'm going to be staring at your, your I missed Splash today. He had the, I think he had some, some dental work done, So because I know he was – Jumping at the bit to talk about Marlon Humphrey and uh, uh, what's his name? Drawing a blank in the other corner we just talked about. Marcus Peters. My head is shot, dude. Yeah, Marcus nah, Peters. Yeah, I know he was chomping been, at the bit. You've been live for like five hours today. I think I think it's time to go. Spend, spend some time with your son, please. I know. I'm surprised he's not screaming in I'm there. I'm going to spend some time with Giorgio, you know? Good stuff. That's uh, good. <laughs> I'm sure he's but, uh, crying about the Mets, too. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's it for Time Out with you, Stadium. Appreciate all the love out there. Uh, we'll be back next week. And, uh, and yeah, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like the stream. And, uh, yeah, we are out. See ya. That's it for this episode of Time Out with U Stadium. We'd love to connect with you and keep the conversation going. Find us on the U Stadium app, the best way to talk sports on mobile or online. Check us out at ustadium.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show. 